The COVID recession has hit young adults hard. Thinking about like what would my finances look like, basically I felt like it was it would be impossible for me to justify moving back right now. I applied for multiple positions and got replies back that the position's canceled or they're not accepting new grads at this time. I'm Tom Hudson. Today on the Sunshine Economy, how two people in their early careers have been affected by this pandemic economy, their search for work amid the COVID-19 public health emergency, and how the pandemic is shaping their view of the economy and money. It's all ahead after the news. Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson, and thanks for supporting WLRN. In a matter of a couple of weeks back in the spring, the American job market went from one of the strongest into a deep, deep recession. Tens of millions of the country's youngest workers were just getting started. Generation Z was born after 1996. The oldest were in middle school during the Great Recession. In March and April, when business started slowing down and shutting down to fight the spread of COVID-19, younger workers saw their jobs disappear faster than older workers. This was the reality as Katie Riley neared her college graduation in the spring and as Jonathan Winter looked forward to his performance and teaching career. Riley is 22 years old. That makes her one of the older members of Generation Z. Winter is 27, making him a young millennial. When American companies quickly cut jobs in March and April, the unemployment rate among 20- and 30-somethings shot up faster than among older workers, and it remains higher than the national unemployment rate seven months into the pandemic. This was the job market Riley was hunting for a job in healthcare in South Florida, but she was not having much luck. I applied for multiple positions and got replies back that the position's canceled or they're not accepting new grads at this time. Jonathan Winter was studying violin performance at Lynn University and teaching through the University of Miami when the pandemic started. He made a fateful decision before COVID-19 to concentrate on his studies and students. I didn't realize this at the time, but when I kind of decided to take a step back from performing for the year, that actually really helped me because then I made most of my income, almost all of my income, just by teaching. While Winter taught remotely, Riley looked for a nursing job amid the pandemic economy. Now, we'll hear Winter's story in a little bit. Riley told her story to WLRN News intern reporter Amber Amortigi this summer. Katie Riley was eager to start her pediatric nursing career. She was wrapping up her last semester at Palm Beach Atlantic University when the coronavirus pandemic took over. As she was nearing graduation, she wasn't sure what her career path would look like. It was time to figure out her next move as she started her job search. How has the pandemic changed your expectations of getting hired right out of nursing school? In school, I was affirmed that there would be a lot of job openings and there are so many opportunities. And due to COVID and all that happened, especially with South Florida being kind of the main hot spot, a lot of the hospitals in Palm Beach were not hiring and all the way down to Broward County, I applied for multiple positions and got replies back that the position's canceled or they're not accepting new grads at this time. So just kind of changing my expectations and 
also being more open to other opportunities in nursing that I may have not considered before and trying to at least get something that I could just to learn the most and maybe fall in love with something that I didn't even know that I would like. What was the application process like for you? As far as I was concerned, I kind of exhausted all my opportunities in South Florida. So that's why I had to start looking elsewhere. I focused on the Southeast region of the United States. I applied for about 25 places and I edited my cover letter for each one. I had my resume as good as I thought it could be, network with anyone that I could, follow up with HR. And I did go through the interview process with about seven or eight hospitals online. And come middle of June, I was waitlisted for about five or six of those places and a lot of other places I just didn't hear back from. At first, I kind of felt a little defeated or just like, why are all these doors either closing or I'm not sure what's going on with the status of everything. But then over time, I realized that my feelings kind of changed from one of defeat to just like acceptance that those opportunities that didn't come about were not meant to be. Did you look for jobs outside of South Florida because of the pandemic? Pre-COVID, I was really hoping to get a job within South Florida. I really loved my West Palm Beach community and everything that I had experienced during my four years of undergrad education. And so it really was because of COVID that I realized, okay, let me start applying to pediatric jobs in the Southeast. I love trying new things. I'm consider myself to be somewhat adventurous and wanting to meet new people. And so really because of COVID, I started applying to all these different jobs that I thought, oh, these doors are opening. This this could be great. And all roads led me back to Orlando. Home is where the heart is, is what I said when I accepted the job, because it was not what I was thinking. But I just trust that the right opportunity opened up. As a nursing student, you had a preceptorship during your last semester of college, and that's when the student works alongside a nurse for multiple 12-hour shifts. How did you feel when your preceptorship was canceled because of the pandemic? It is something that I felt like at the time was just a huge loss. I was super excited to be in a pediatric ER at Palm Beach Children's Hospital. I interviewed for that position and I prepped for it and I networked and really put myself out there to interview for that specialty. And so the fact that it was taken away was kind of like a shock. You did your preceptorship hours virtually. Do you think that'll affect your career development? I'll be interested to see when I start work, how that plays into communicating with doctors and other members of the healthcare team. Also, simple things like medication administration and basic nursing skills. How do you feel starting your medical career during a global health crisis? Nursing is such a blessing and it's just been such an amazing calling that I feel like has been placed on my life. So although it can be scary to think about, I'm also really looking forward to hopefully being a breath of fresh air and someone new within the hospital system for the current nurses that have been working the past six months. New nurse Katie Riley speaking with WLRN News intern Amber Amortigi. Their conversation continues, still to come, how the pandemic has influenced her thinking about money.
COVID, I believe, changed the way that I look at how a rainy day could come really anytime. We don't know what tomorrow brings and we don't know what will happen in the future. And just knowing that it's really important to make the smart choices now. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Please continue donating to WLRN during our program. And thanks for your support. Today, we're talking with two people earlier in their careers about how the pandemic has affected them. Katie Riley graduated into a hot career field, but during a very cold job market. She received her nursing degree from Palm Beach Atlantic University in May. She was not able to find an entry-level nursing job in South Florida, but she did in Orlando. She started in mid-September and collected her first full-time nursing paycheck on Friday. Riley spoke with WLRN News reporting intern Amber Amortigi this summer, just after accepting her new job. Has the pandemic changed the way you approach your economic and financial goals? No, I believe that actually being home for the past six months and being with my parents, I've really been blessed by them that I've been able to save financially. And so... It hasn't really affected my short-term goals as much. COVID, I believe, changed the way that I look at how a rainy day could come really anytime. We don't know what tomorrow brings and we don't know what will happen in the future. And just knowing that it's really important to make the smart choices now because I've been able to see in different families that I'm friends with, the people that really made great decisions when they were my age and now they're older versus those that that didn't. COVID gave me a new appreciation for the career and the financial outlook that I hope to have. How do you think differently about money now compared to when the pandemic first started? The main thing would really just be the value of a dollar and how my family was able to save money by not going out to eat all the time. And by just doing grocery shopping and eating at home. So recognizing that it's really easy to go out and spend 10 to 20 bucks on a meal and that that 10 to $20 on a lunch is really valuable. Another thing that I think has changed my perspective a lot is just that during quarantine, I was surrounded by things that I owned and electronics and It's really easy to get caught up in wanting to spend money on those things. But I just learned and realized that those are not fulfilling to me and that I would rather invest my spending money into experiences and traveling and having memories with people that I love. What are the financial decisions you hope to make now that you'll be living off a full time income? I really appreciate my financial advisor that I'm friends with and making those decisions early to invest as much money as I can straight out of the gate when I start work. And then also creating a monthly budget is something that I've really been focusing on as well and making sure that I know exactly where every dollar is going and allocating my money in the most responsible manner possible. 
And then continue to tithe. I believe in giving back and specifically help out more with the local homeless populations of Central and South Florida. Katie Riley started her job as a registered nurse at Advent Health Orlando on September 14th. WLRN's Amber Amortigi speaking with 22-year-old nurse Katie Riley. Still to come, how a young violinist is making his way through the pandemic economy. For a lot of these families that I work with and I teach and these kids, violin lessons were kind of the only normal thing that was happening. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for listening and supporting WLRN through your donation. You can continue donating during our program. The South Florida arts community has been devastated by COVID-19. Live performances have been shut down for more than half a year. Big productions and small concerts have been canceled due to the public health measures taken to slow the spread of the virus. Jonathan Winter was building his musical career here. He's a violinist who was studying, performing, and teaching in South Florida before the pandemic. He was pursuing a performance certificate at Lynn University and living on campus in Boca Raton, but his housing closed over the summer. WLRN News intern Natalia Clement spoke with Winter this summer. That's Jonathan Winter playing the violin. After graduating from the University of Miami School of Music in 2018, he decided to stay in South Florida. He became a violin teacher and enrolled at the Lynn University Conservatory of Music. When the pandemic hit, he traded the Sunshine State for Iowa, moving back in with his parents. He had to work and learn online in a field that requires hands-on experience. There's been a lot of uncertainty this year, especially when it comes to jobs. How have you handled that? It's like you just have to take every day one day at a time because <laughs> the next day when you wake up, you have no idea what fresh problems are going to present themselves in this in this world we live in. So I did what I could to remain on some sort of a routine, a schedule. I had 20 students through the University of Miami. I was doing a lot of my own practicing and work. I was having lessons with my mentor at the Lynn Conservatory. And so I was pouring myself into that and honestly just trying my best to ignore all of the other problems because I honestly did not know how to deal with it otherwise. That seems to be the common approach to the pandemic, setting some sort of routine to get a sense of normalcy. But there's nothing normal this year. What's your ideal situation on how the rest of 2020 could look like? I knew that the ideal situation would have honestly been to stay here and continue teaching remotely through the end of the semester. Even before I found out that I couldn't go back to live on campus at Lynn, I was still hoping that I would be able to uh, stay remote because I just honestly didn't feel safe. South Florida looked really scary. I just didn't feel like I would have been particularly happy living there in these circumstances, plus very expensive. So when I was just thinking about like, what would my finances look like? Basically, I felt like it was it would be impossible for me to justify moving back right now. How has working from home changed your teaching dynamic? 
I would say that my work dynamic has changed in a good way. For a lot of these families that I work with and I teach and these kids, violin lessons were kind of the only normal thing that was happening. So what I discovered was that my students were working even harder, practicing even more and making more progress than I had seen in my other basically three and a half, four years of working with them. Since that was successful, they didn't have much of a problem with me saying, look, I can't go back to Florida. You're welcome to continue taking lessons with me. It'll be remote until I can get back in January. And they all responded with, okay, we weren't planning on finding a different teacher anyway. Seeing that you're still teaching, has the pandemic affected your income at all? In terms of the bulk of my money-making for my career, over the past year, I had started focusing more on teaching just because I didn't have as much time since I went back to school. Another huge part of, uh, I guess, musicians' income is performing. And so I didn't realize this at the time, but when I kind of decided to take a step back from performing for the year, that actually really helped me because then I made most of my income, almost all of my income, just by teaching. I probably lost out on probably a couple thousand dollars uh, I will sometimes play with Palm Beach Symphony um, up in West Palm. And those concerts obviously didn't happen this semester. But compared to my colleagues who play with orchestras as the majority of their income, I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars. Violin teacher and performer Jonathan Winter speaking with WLRN's Natalia Clement. Now, their conversation continues. Still to come, how Winter is planning for his post-pandemic career now. I really am hopeful that this world I'm in is going to come out of this in better shape than it was before it started. We're back on the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. You can find a podcast of this program on your podcast app by searching Sunshine Economy. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Today, we're hearing from two young workers early in their careers. Jonathan Winter is 27. He finished his master's degree at the University of Miami two years ago and was studying for a performance certificate at Lynn University for violin when the pandemic began. He's continued teaching violin, but has moved back in with his parents in Iowa because of the high cost of living in South Florida. He had planned on spending this summer performing and getting paid in Colorado. Instead, his pay has been steady thanks to giving online violin lessons as his own education is on hold. WLRN News intern reporter Natalia Clement spoke with Winter this summer. When I began my program at Lynn, I knew that I was going to have to go and do my doctoral degree. So I knew that I was going to be spending this upcoming year applying for those programs. And what became apparent over the summer is that because I was having all of these lessons and I was practicing a ton, and because I wasn't able to go play with the orchestra in Colorado, because I had the whole summer to myself, I have become so prepared to do these applications and do these auditions. So having these several months and continuing these several months being in a place where I can focus on my own work and not have to worry as much about things like paying rent, I'm very grateful for it because it's just going to set me up for success for those auditions and I have no idea where they're going to take me. 
You mentioned you weren't able to perform live in Colorado this year. Is that plan on hold or is it a lost opportunity? When everyone kind of realized like, oh, this is not going away. Most of these programs decided to cut their losses and be like, we can't justify bringing kids from all over the world. The National Repertory Orchestra in Colorado is going to be bringing people from all over the U.S. and putting them in an enclosed space for eight weeks. So when they canceled it, it kind of made sense. They were going to give us back our contracts next year in 2021 instead of making us all re-audition. So to know that I already have plans for next summer feels really good. And I was genuinely disappointed when they canceled it. I understood why. But this is one of those very exciting, very top-tier programs where I would be able to play in an orchestra for eight full weeks, play an amazing amount of music. It is an important experience to have, not only for my own professional development as an orchestral player, which I know that orchestral playing will be a part of my life forever, even though teaching might be my main focus, being able to perform and performing regularly is still important so that, number one, I stay fresh with my own skills, and number two, my students see me performing. But also, it's an important resume-building thing to do. Like all enclosed spaces, orchestra concerts will face safety challenges for the foreseeable future. How do you see this affecting the classical music industry? Our way of life has been completely upended in the sense that performing is not what it was, you know, five months ago. The fact that string players, violinists, violas, cellist, bassists, we can all wear masks when we play. That makes things a lot easier. You can space out an orchestra, but a lot of orchestral playing is with like like 100 plus people on stage. You, you, the stages just aren't big enough to social distance, basically. So in terms of being on the stage, we know it's not going to be the same for a while. Basically, unless there's a vaccine or several vaccines, there's really no truly foolproof way to have any orchestra concerts. And from an audience perspective, I don't know how people are going to be totally comfortable to go to, back to that. Even me thinking about like, when was the last time that I was within six feet of someone who wasn't in my family, I, you know, and then thinking about sitting next to a random person for two hours. Granted, once it's safe to do so, I'll still go back because going to concerts is a huge part of my life. And I also want to support my colleagues and my friends. But for the average person, that is going to be a different journey. Do you think this is discouraging for musicians? If there's any group that I believe will come out of this stronger, it's classical musicians because we are known for our perseverance, attention to detail. We strive for an excellence that is almost unattainable. Because of that, I really am hopeful that this world I'm in is going to come out of this in better shape than it was before it started. So Jonathan, tell me what's next. What I hope to do in January is find a short-term six-month lease. I don't know if I'll be able to necessarily go back to Lynn in person, or if I have to actually finish that whole program online, which I can do, which I might do. But what I wanted to do was go back to my job at UM for the spring semester, because I want to wrap that up with my students in person the best I could, since my plans of starting my doctorate in the fall of 2021 would probably have me somewhere other than Florida. And I, I wanted to finish up my whole experience in South Florida, actually in South Florida. For now, violinist Jonathan Winter continues giving lessons remotely. He spoke with WLRN's Natalia Clement this summer. 
Holly Landis is our booking producer. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening.